Our guest today, Paul Daniels Jr., says that CEOs with dyslexia can have a key advantage. They don't just think outside the box. For some, there is no box at all. Join us for episode 247 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right along with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas to help visionary leaders accelerate themselves, along with their companies, to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. And you know, Pam, with all of the unprecedented challenges that we face in the world, we need leadership that has the ability to reimagine what's possible. Leaders who can envision game-changing new lines of business. And this is helped by nonlinear thinking, you know, going outside the box. Yes. And this type of flexible thinking is only going to become more important in the years to come. That's right. In fact, there are some who claim that dyslexia often makes for a more visionary, innovative CEO. Just for example, according to a study by the Cass Business School in London, 35% of entrepreneurs surveyed identified as dyslexic compared to 10% of the general population. And some of the CEOs are well-known, such as Richard Branson, Barbara Corcoran, Bill Gates, and others. That's right. Now, this power of dyslexia will be a central theme at the 2023 Made by Dyslexia's World Dyslexia Assembly. It's going to be held right, in New, New York, York City, New York yes. City in April. Now, according to the assembly's website, the event will celebrate the limitless power of dyslexic thinking, one of the world's most valuable skills. So we're digging deeper into the promise and challenges of being a dyslexic CEO with our returning guest, Paul Daniels Jr. He's a keynote speaker, entrepreneur, board advisor, and author who also happens to be dyslexic. He's the founder and CEO of Peripheral Thinkers, a collaborative think tank. His unique perspectives on challenging conventions and creating unlimited paths to success in any market condition have influenced companies of all sizes. For example, General Electric, United Healthcare, Budweiser, WebMD, and AT&T. You can read much more about Paul's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 247, and scrolling down to his bio. Paul, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio. Hi, Pam. Hi, Scott. It's great to be here. Thank you. Good. You know, this is such a big topic, and yet you have a way of making us understand these issues in unique ways, maybe because you have dyslexia. And one of the things that we were reading about recently is that Cisco's CEO, John Chambers, 
has claimed that about 25% of CEOs are dyslexic. So again, the, the numbers are a little all over the place, but many CEOs don't like to talk about dyslexia, but you are. Why? What's behind this trend that more CEOs are starting to publicly talk about it? It may be a coming of age and a coming of age in the fact that CEOs have reached that position over time and perhaps a coming of age, no pun intended, just in the age of the CEO. As we get older, we get more comfortable with Ah. sort of who we are, right? I believe that because there has been so much news and there's continuing education and awareness of dyslexia as not just a a learning difference, but actually a set of super skills mm-hmm. that you're born with, that awareness has raised social understanding, making it easier for those who have once been concerned about sharing what they consider to be a disability, now embracing that um, those superpowers and wanting to share them with others. And one of the things I noticed about the World Dyslexia Assembly is that they're putting emphasis also on education at an earlier age. So maybe as more people are coming up through the system and talking more openly about dyslexia, could that be also something that will make it easier for these people as they as they mature into adults who become CEOs and are in the workplace yes. to talk about? Less stigma and less trauma growing up. Yeah, absolutely. And and Kate Griggs, the founder of Made by Dyslexia and, and who's heading up that organization, Richard Branson is on her board. They're terrific people. And I've spoken with them and, and what they're doing is paramount to making sure those children are identified and are helped. They're supported in their education. I, I wasn't diagnosed with dyslexia until I was 40. So I went through all of my education thinking I was stupid. But it was the educational process that didn't understand the way that I think and and learn. And as I speak with Kate and uh, Sir Branson, the things that I'm sharing with them is I'm starting at the other end of the spectrum. So I'm helping CEOs, whether they're neurodiverse or neurotypical, help them understand what these skills are because they're so important for companies to have and use in the future. And there aren't enough dyslexics born each year to fill the need, right? Because there's that small percentage of people that that are born with dyslexia, but the need is very great. So is that actually the focus of the World Dyslexic Assembly then? That is one of them, but the, the focus needs to begin with the education process. And there are Um, some sessions that are focused on what this is like in the work environment. So if you are Uh a dyslexic in the work environment, how can you get some accommodations so that you can use your strengths appropriately? Distractions or heavy reading, those kinds of things that are, are sometimes difficult for dyslexics, making an environment where they can be super successful. Okay, good. Now, in some of our previous conversations, Paul, you said something that was Pretty interesting. You said, you know, I talked about out-of-box thinking, and you said, well, for some dyslexics, some dyslexic CEOs, there is no box. (laughs) What did you mean by that? Maybe it's just the way I think, but when people typically will compliment someone for 
thinking outside the box. I don't want to dismiss that compliment. It's meant to be a compliment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a dyslexic, that phrase actually has its own self-imposed constraint, which is the box. So the box, by having a box that you think out of, always refers you back to that box. Uh huh. Dyslexics just think there is no box. Okay. There is no box. Is there a story that you have that can help us understand? Sure. So I worked with a hospital 2010, early 2010, and they were in the Midwest. They were doing pretty well. Actually, they had started to plateau and their patient satisfaction scores were pretty low. Long story short, I'm working with their patient engagement group and we're talking about peripheral thinking, how they can think, quote, outside the box. And in this case, right. just how they can think about experiences that they all have as patients or as just human beings, and what are they learning? Mm-hmm. Well, the director of that department called me on a Sunday. She had taken her family to Hawaii on vacation, and she called me Sunday night and said, Paul, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. I get it. She was very animated. What had happened is she received a text from the hotel asking if there's anything they can do to make their her stay and her family stay exceptional contact me. And it was from the general manager. So we went back and forth. I said, that, you know, that's great. I've been to that property in Hawaii. And she says, why can't we do this with patients in our hospital? Uh-huh. Okay. What was the box that neurotypical people would have seen? Great question. The, the box would have been, I'm on vacation. I'm not even thinking about my hospital. Uh-huh. The box was would be, I'm on vacation and I am thinking about my hospital, but I'm thinking about my hospital in healthcare vernacular, in the conventions, the industry best practices associated with my profession and my, okay. uh, my industry. So it's okay. the context. Yes. It's a narrower context. Exactly, yeah. because it has the four walls. These are the best practices, right? This right. is how we do it. And here's... And they even say, and here's how you're going to innovate, which really is, here's how you're going to iterate slowly on these conventions as they become adopted. The box continues, but maybe it gets a little bit bigger. And you're talking about going totally. Just thinking completely differently. And when she got rid of that box, she just happened to be, her subconscious mind was interpreting what's happening. She had a great experience. She thought, wow, this is terrific. And I'm holding a phone, which other people hold a phone at the hospital. Why can't I do that? Uh, And that was the inspiration. mm -hmm. What we're saying here is the box that we're talking about that doesn't exist for dyslexic CEO. We don't think about what the conventions are. We just look at what is the issue that we're dealing with. What's possible. That takes us to being able to address a whole range of new issues. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Paul Daniels Jr. about dyslexic CEOs and leadership when there is no box. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. As always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs, other out-of-box thinkers, or no-box thinkers, 
to accelerate the momentum for game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. We're excited to announce that as of February 2023, Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper is moving, has moved into its ninth year of episodes. We're proud that we've received top podcast recognition in 2022. And this year, we'll have more conversations with CEOs and thought leaders who are changing the face of business, just like we're doing today. And we'll feature more of our own quick takes as well. So if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, spread the good word. Just open Growth Igniters Radio on whatever podcast app you use, write a review, and share links to your favorite episodes on your social media. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with speaker, entrepreneur, and advisor, Paul Daniels Jr., about the power and challenges of being a CEO with dyslexia. Paul, tell us how people can find out more about you and your work. Well, thank you. Well, you can go to peripheralthinkers.com. You can also find me at pauldanielsjr.com. I'm on LinkedIn and uh, my personal mobile phone. No, I'm not going to give you that. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. But you do have keynotes. I do. Yes. In fact, I'm speaking in the UK at the Dyslexia Show. Uh And I was recently speaking to uh, an auditorium filled with lawyers around intellectual property, innovation, and how peripheral thinking, dyslexia plays into it. I love that it's going into all new places. People are breaking down boxes all over the place. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 247, and scrolling down to resources. So in the first segment, we were talking about how dyslexia is really kind of a superpower in its own way, and that more CEOs are speaking in public and disclosing that they have dyslexia. I think it makes the world a better place. And now we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what this means in reality. You know, we're talking about uh, the positive aspects. There is no box. But on the other hand, there are challenges like everything that is positive. So what is the biggest challenge for a dyslexic CEO in leading more concrete, as we call it, more concrete stakeholders, especially the corporate directors and C-suite executives? Yeah. And to be clear, I, I believe what you mean in the concrete is those that are more analytical thinking, perhaps linear numbers focused, right? In focus on the concrete, not the the philosophies. Yeah. Right. So, you know, somebody who says, you have a great idea, or I don't get you at all. Yeah. I what? just don't get it. What? <laughs> you want what? <laughs> right. And, and I've been there for most of my career. I've been an outsider to my C-suite, to boards yeah. and the like. The biggest challenge for dyslexic CEOs is communicating not the vision, which dyslexics have a pretty strong propensity for clear communication, simplifying complexity, doing a number of things that draw people to them. Mm -hmm. The challenge comes when someone says, how did you come up with that idea? Yeah. We've been there, both of us. (laughs) Actually, that is true. And that's difficult. 
It's a tough one. Yes. Yeah. The difficulty is explaining in a way that makes sense how you came up with it, because the idea is typically not a single moment in time, like my friend from the hospital. That moment in time is very clear. It was a, a very direct relationship, but telling you how I came up with this new organizational structure based right. on a Kleenex, a movie, and grilling hamburgers last Saturday. People are like, you are crazy. But if you take yeah. it up yes. time, I can explain it. So the difficulty for CEO is, is making sure that when we communicate, we don't have to share all of those details. We simply need to explain, here's how I think it will affect the business. Here's what I'm seeing. And here are other industries that are using this already. Okay. Yeah. So bringing people along, uh, some people have said connecting the dots or whatever. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. And yet sometimes people will say, well, I'm intuitive. That's how I know. I'm intuitive. Well, well yeah, that doesn't cut it. No. Not when you're talking right. about people saying, our company's future you know, depends on this. Yeah. Right. Help me feel more comfortable with that. Yeah. So, Paul, can you tell us a story of a dyslexic CEO who, who has overcome this challenge, who's, who's made it work? Well, one of my favorite stories begins with a teenager. Okay. This teenager really struggled with school and at age 16 dropped out of school and started a magazine that was for a, a common population for teenagers. And the magazine, believe it or not, became hugely successful. So that spun off a bit of an entrepreneurial venture. But really, a teenager running a magazine is different than a CEO of a, a music production company. And really, what does a music production company know about health clubs mm -hmm. or health insurance or airlines? Hotels, cruise ships, all of those are just some of the examples of Richard Branson's business ventures. Absolutely. Wow, yeah. Richard Branson yes. started that magazine, ironically called Student, uh -huh. who's hugely huh. successful. And you know him today as the entrepreneur's entrepreneur. He's got a space program. Right. 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 What he has learned is every lesson compounds learning and application across industries. With my friend in Hawaii, what she yep. learned is that, you know, innovative ideas don't have to be risky and that good ideas don't belong to just one industry. The reason he's been so successful and he's had failures as every CEO that's listening to this should admit to at least they will acknowledge it, but whether they admit publicly that they've had major mistakes is different, but they should. We all face those challenges, but because he continues to add all of these experiences in and make up a very, very diverse group of people at his C-level, at his leadership level, and across businesses, the momentum cannot be stopped now. There's mm -hmm. just so much knowledge base that has been built across all these industry uh, companies that he has in all these industries. Mm -hmm. So surrounding yourself with people who think differently than you do makes a richer team. Absolutely. And we hear that all the time, the diversity and inclusion, all of those things are meant to try and help people with some form of disability or learning difference 
have a place. I see it way beyond that. I want them. The more perspectives I have, including those that are very, not cynical, but very cut and dry, have them in the room, as well as the dreamer that is way out there. Mm-hmm. Because together, when we accept each other, that yes. makes a very rich, very powerful, very strong, future-proof, high-growth company. That mutual respect and acceptance of that everybody has a place. Right. That's the power. My grandmother used to say, it takes all the vegetables to make the stew, otherwise you just have mashed potatoes. <laughs> that, that, your grandmother was probably dyslexic too. She <laughs> might have been. <laughs> So with all those vegetables, all the people who have these different thinking styles, let's talk about advice. You're an advisor. We're advisors for corporate directors and C-suite executives who are not dyslexic, who want to increase the effectiveness of their working relationship with a dyslexic CEO. Mm -hmm. We're assuming that there is that fundamental foundational recognition that yes, it's good for us. And then there's every day. What's your biggest advice here? It starts first with the non-dyslexic, the non-neurodiverse individual that wants to work with them. First, understand that dyslexics have a heightened awareness of all things, including micro expressions, body language, tone, pace, a variety of things. So we're pretty in tune with other people. So you can just be yourself. There's nothing that you need to change. Therefore, starting with yourself, just expand your own awareness of your own conventions. What what do you believe about dyslexia? What do you believe about the individual, your CEO? What is she like really? Getting to know what that is, what makes them tick. And when you learn what makes them tick, you can then also learn what makes dyslexics in general. Mm -hmm. There's lots of research out there, and we can throw some added resources to the bottom of this if we need to. Sure. Yes, let's do that. That you can learn about the skills. There's lots of that, lots of research out there. Finally, know that dyslexics, though they have superpowers, we have weaknesses too. Every super person has a kryptonite. That's right. And it's not the same for every dyslexic. So learning what that is for your dyslexic CEO and finding out if your strength can offset their weakness. Wow. That goes back to having lots of vegetables, an entire garden in the stew. We all play a part Mm -hmm. and dyslexics, I know I share with my team, these are my skills. These are my strengths. I play to these, and this is what helps us get where we are. These are my weaknesses, and I need help in these areas. And then here are areas for improvement. These are the things I'm working on. But the weakness is something, it's never going to get better. I'm not going to read faster. This is as fast as I can read. I've done everything I can. I'm at 11 and a half grade level reading. That's it. So don't give me a 300-page document and ask me to give you my edits in an hour. So you've got a director's meeting. You've got a board meeting. They say, give me the book. You know, you have like two minutes to read 
through everything that's been handed to mm-hmm. you and it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, not going to happen. I cancel the board meeting <laughs> if that happens because yes. that's not happening. <laughs> because yeah. they're not exactly. Gonna, they're not going to get the best of me. And I want to deliver the best of me. Of course. Right. And so when they understand it, we're all good. Okay. So this is at a high level. I think what I'm taking away from this is that we need to be self-aware. We need for everybody to be self-aware and then to find ways to work together. And we'll talk more about that. But first, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Paul Daniels Jr. about immediately useful ideas for the most effective way to work with your dyslexic CEO. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Incognitors Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas. Mm, Sounds familiar. (laughs) That was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters, the ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again, what's their secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to pamharperspeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with speaker, entrepreneur, and advisor Paul Daniels Jr. about the power and the challenges of being a CEO with dyslexia and how people can work more effectively together. Paul, tell us again how people can find out more about you, your keynotes, and peripheral thinkers. You can go to my website. Both of these will take you to the same place, pauldanielsjr.com or peripheralthinkers.com. There's a speaker section on my website. There's also the advisory section, and uh, there's some tidbits, and you can even sign up for the free monthly Peripheral Thinkers newsletter. So another place to get some good information. You can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 247, and scrolling down to resources. So, Paul, you know the drill. You're a returning guest. This is the part of our episode where we talk about the immediately useful practical ideas, and in this case, on the most effective ways to work with a dyslexic CEO. So let's get right to it. Absolutely. What's that first idea, immediately useful? Number one, admit to yourself that you have your own conventions. Look, we all do. Some service well, others don't. You won't know the difference until you challenge your own conventions. 
Conventions. What do you mean by that, conventions? Conventional wisdom. This is the way it's done. This is how I think. This is the way the world works. Okay. Okay. So entrenched beliefs, habits of thought. Okay. Yes. So let's talk about how one can get to that. I mean, do you sit there and just write it out and say, what is it that I really believe? It's a hard one. What's, what's an easy way to get to that? The easiest way to challenge your own conventions is to purposefully connect with people that are in different industries, different cultures, uh -huh. different countries, and learn. Two things will happen when you do that. The, the first thing is you'll learn something that you didn't know. Mm -hmm. You'll learn something you didn't know. That will be different than perhaps the way you see the world, or it may be additive. The second thing is- you oh, Wait a moment. Okay. Let's, let's just stay yeah. here for a moment. It sounds like you came to this from experience. Yeah. Is there really a really quick example that you can give on to how that might work? Because I go all kinds of places. Whether you go to Fiji or you go around the corner to Fred's coffee shop, quote, peripheral experiences, they're everywhere. You walk to the mailbox, you're taking the dogs on the walk, you're sitting in your own office and you stop for a second and you look around and see if you can see something that you haven't noticed before. Mm -hmm. oh. Saturdays, I go to Home Depot, whether I need something or not, because I'm addicted. I just, <laughs> there's a guy named Mike that works at my Home Depot on the hardware aisle. And Mike's an ex IBMer and he's retired and he just works at Home Depot because it gives him his money to go to Scotland and play golf every year. Okay. So we talk about all kinds of things, including hardware and tools, but there's always something that I walk away going, that's interesting. Whether it was Mike or whether it was just watching someone struggle to find the right nut and bolt or whatever, there's an observation. So you're talking about something we just had an, a quick take on called Everyday Adventures. Yes, right. yes. You know, I really just wanted to hold on to that for Yeah, a thanks. I, I appreciate you asking more. The second one is learn more about the most common skills that are found within dyslexia. That is because that gives you insight into the way your CEO, she or he works. It's really why I started Peripheral Thinking. Peripheral Thinkers, the company, Peripheral Thinking is the tool. It, it mirrors the tools found within dyslexic innovators, those skills that they have. And it gives neurotypical people the ability to learn and apply those. So just understanding what those skills are is is important to communicating with your and working with your CEO. Also, it doesn't hurt your your own skill set by expanding those skills and strengthening them. It makes your company that much stronger. And you can provide some resource links that we can put on our page so people can get to that. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Great. You bet. Great. So what's that third immediately useful idea? Okay, so this one seems really simple. Ask your CEO how you can help them. Okay. Yes. How you can work best with them. If you have a strength that can backstop the CEO's blind spot or weakness, why wouldn't you want to help? Why wouldn't you want to be of service? It seems simple, but we're talking about something that many CEOs grew up with as a stigma, a label, 
a disability. And if they're more comfortable with who they are as a dyslexic, they will know what their weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. By supporting their weakness and backstopping that, you allow them to grow and them to express themselves fully. And the same is true for you. Because if it is one of your strengths, it allows you to express yourself fully. And together, we're better than we are apart. Absolutely. The biggest challenge, I think, is that we all make assumptions. If you do have somebody that if you're in the C-suite or you're on the board and the CEO has not disclosed their dyslexia, that is a little bit of a challenge if you suspect it, but they won't say it. Any quick idea there? Is it the same? Well, you're not going to say, hey, I bet you're dyslexic. Correct. Right. But knowing that between 30 and 40% of entrepreneurs are dyslexic, there's a chance. Even if you're CEO is not dyslexic, let me please, let me encourage you, if you are not dyslexic, to learn more about it and the peripheral thinking skills that are for neurotypical people, learn more about it because the World Economic Forum, Cambridge University, Ernst and Young, I can go on and on. They all say that it is needed and it's needed now. In Absolutely. So it hurt, doesn't hurt you to do that. If you are dyslexic and you don't have a CEO that's dyslexic, it's time to get the courage up to raise your hand and say, I am, and here are my strengths, and Mm -hmm. here are my weaknesses, and here are the areas I'm working on to improve. Please allow me to use my strength to the fullest because I want to see this company be hugely successful. And so building on that, Paul, whether the CEO and top leaders are dyslexic or not, What's so important is creating a, an environment of psychological safety so these types of conversations are easier and everything will work better. Absolutely. And, and I think that's just a strong practice Absolutely. for any organization to get the most, not out of their people, get the most from their people and, and move that organization forward in a way that always, always is stepping forward and leading. Okay. So here we are. We're at the end of the episode. This has been a really, really important conversation. Any final thoughts you want to leave us with, with regard to the power of dyslexic CEOs? So I'll leave you at this, that dyslexics often see things that most people miss. One, they quickly make connections between seemingly unrelated Uh, forms and pieces of information, and they have no box to limit what they can accomplish. Paul, thanks so much for being our guest again on Growth Igniters Radio. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Paul. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links that we've been talking about for this week's episode, Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 247. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider and discuss with your team. How can we foster a more productive environment that can make the most of the superpower of dyslexia at all levels of our organization?
Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.